0: Hi, welcome to Coffee & Closers. I'm Michael Bador, and I want to personally invite you to join me in one of today's top performing sales stars for a cup of coffee and authentic conversation. And our collective goal is that you will walk away with tangible knowledge that you can apply to your sales efforts today. Are you ready? We'll grab a cup, fill it up, and let's get into another episode of Coffee & Closers.
1: Said, welcome to Coffee & Closers.
0: All right, today's guest is very special to me. Uh, we've had her on the docket for a year. Um, she's a very busy, busy gal. Um, and here's why, is we are, we are fans, fanatics of sales, but sales is revenue growth, and revenue growth requires marketing. And so in my opinion, as, as far as the Midwest goes, I don't think there's anybody that has such a celebrated background, background as Jennifer Zick. Let me tell you a little bit about it. You guys all know her as the face and the superstar behind authentic brand, right? But what you probably don't know is that she has built revenue growth, booming revenue growth, at companies from the Bay, from companies all over the nation, and uh, most recently, um, she was the one that took Magnet 360, you guys all heard that success story, from zero to acquisition. Put your hands together and give a warm, coffee and welcome to Jennifer Zick. All right, all right. so. I kind of skipped over, you know, your entire, you know, celebrated career. Do you want to fill us in the blanks and how sales has been a part of that?
1: Happy to. And thank you all so much for coming out this morning. And thank you for a like, super, super generous introduction. Um, I did have an absolutely incredible ride at Magnet 360 and had a lot of great time leading sales and then marketing for that organization to get them in the position to be acquired. I did leave a couple years before they were officially globally acquired, but got to see a lot of great acquisition activity and investment along the way so So yeah, so you want to hear how sales maps into my story. So when I started Authentic Brand two and a half years ago, there were really two major problems and opportunities in the world that I saw that I would be excited to help solve. One was what we experienced at Magnet 360. I was the first employee with the two founders of that business back in 2001, and we grew through a lot of cycles of evolution. We started, as most businesses start, as a sales-driven organization. So I was the salesperson and then became the sales manager and then became the VP of sales and marketing, which meant... Top seller and sales manager who would issue a monthly newsletter, right? Not a lot of marketing. <laughs> Did anybody relate? With the startup? <laughs> yes, yes. And so I cut my teeth on sales way before I had to learn how to be a marketer out of necessity. Um, and in starting Authentic Brand, I said, you know, that whole story of growth of pivoting from a sales driven organization to a marketing and sales revenue driving organization at Magnet360. I started to notice there was a pattern in the world, and almost every business, somewhere between the five to 50 million mark, depending on their industry and their growth trajectory, hits that point where, in order to reach next level revenue, they have to make marketing a strategic sales aligned partner in the business, but they don't know how to do it. And when they reach the point of recognition that they have the need, they also don't have that senior talent in house. And in the past, the way to get to that talent was either to hire a high risk, you know, high price tag role that they don't know how to hire for or try to outsource it with a number of contractors, agencies, and freelancers. And neither one of those is a perfect approach. So I thought I can help solve that because I know that pain. And secondly, the other pain I experienced and personally experienced was the, you know, the closer you get to the corporate CMO seat, the more likely your job is to be laid off and cut, right? And a lot of really brilliant, talented senior level marketers we're getting tired of the politics and the churn and the burn and are ready to do really meaningful work and help small businesses grow. So we're marrying those two things together to create a really unique community that supports revenue growth for small business. So
0: Amazing. Do you, do you see that being the, the, the uptick? I mean, I think it's 62% now or gig. Um, the gig economy is at 62% of, of the national workforce. You, you know,
1: I'm not following the stats. That the stats of the gig economy weren't ever what was driving my ambition behind authentic brand, but it certainly is fueling the talent economy around this model. There are a lot of brilliant marketers, and right now we're regional, that's really our footprint. We have some remote clients that pull us elsewhere, but our talent pool is here on purpose because we're still two and a half years old. We really wanna build a strong foundation before we export that to build a national brand on purpose. Um, But yeah, the gig economy is certainly fueling and, and, and becoming a motor behind, and I've got a number of our talented marketing leaders here in the room too. Um, so it's helping us. And frankly, I, this is a theory yet to be tested, but I feel like what we're building could be a very um, recession flex model. Because unfortunately, I mean, here's the cycle that we know to be true. When business is booming, like it is now, and the economy is strong, businesses invest in sales and marketing roles. When times are lean, businesses are more likely to invest in sales roles and consider marketing roles to be overhead. And we're going to see when a recession hits, even more talented marketers say, this cycle is enough. I'm going to take control of my own destiny and, and move over and, and freelance. And then those businesses that no longer have the full-time role are still going to need the senior leadership support. That's the theory. So let's hope that's what happens.
0: Does anyone believe, in, does anyone believe anything she says? I literally believe everything she says at all times. So help me here. Help me.
1: It sounds like a lot of these people still need convincing. So I'm here. We're (laughs) gonna dig in on this.
0: Okay. So how many marketing people do we have here? Right on. Uh, How many salespeople do we have here? Okay. So how many founders do we have? Wow. This is incredible. This is an incredible group. Um, If you're at home, I apologize. Uh, You should be here with us. Um, We
1: miss you.
0: We're gonna get to the founder thing because I mean, you saw that there was about 30%. There's a lot of people here that are in the founder role. But you've sat on both sides of the sales and marketing fence, if you will. And a fence is the word I'm using there. You've seen this, and we have I've been on your panel before, where we talk about why don't we coexist? How do we kumbaya, like how do we build our revenue growth Narnia? Um, can you kind of talk about maybe in your experience how you've Uh, you've you've seen the two sides differ and then how you kind of your advice on on how we can merge those two to create a true revenue growth engine.
1: I love that and it's a loaded question and this could be like all we talk about all morning. So I'm going to try to give you kind of a short story. So first I'm going to date myself and, and point out how old I am. But like I've been doing sales and marketing in various capacities for over 20 years and when I started... The marketing landscape, although um, you know robust, was also had a pretty simple toolkit when I started in sales and marketing. the internet was a new thing, and the business approach to the leveraging the internet was to create an online brochure that 's the era in which I started as a sales and marketing leader and so In that era, the marketers' primary job was brand communication, brand awareness, and that was the metric by which they were gauged. And their primary vehicles to market were traditional vehicles like advertising, PR, whatever that might be. And so in that landscape, 20 years ago, um, while marketers and sales leaders talked to each other, of course, and tried to tie a strategy together, the way they went about Um, being measured for what their impact was, was very different than what it is today. In today's very digitally powered landscape, the way that buyers, whether they're consumers or business buyers, experience your brand is incredibly integrated. And so the necessity for a unified conversation, whether it starts with content or a sales rep call, is really important. And so as the customer journey, has changed so has the necessity for sales and marketers to work together like never before and even though our skill sets are unique and the way we approach our material is different you and i've talked about the fact that we're really doing the same job on behalf of our brands which is supporting the customer journey and the sales cycle and not just lead generation but also the customer experience when they become a buyer and as they travel with your business on their customer journey and so it has to be integrated and so i'm a huge proponent of um, what, regardless of the titles in your organization, organization or your org structure, I'm a huge proponent of treating sales and marketing together as a revenue team with unified goals, unified strategy, and a lot of togetherness because that's the only way to make it work for the buyer. And without the buyer, who are you?
0: Yeah, right. That's great. Um, so marketing traction, EOS. am familiar with, with traction, EOS? Okay. So we're going to get there. Um, something that we talked about prior was... Bridging the gap with with sales and marketing and holding each other accountable with a kind of a unified plan, yeah. right? Like a unified plan that we can both agree on. So it's not you said, it's 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 documented. Something about traction that that we really like at at, at our, you know in our entrepreneurial journey is it holds everyone accountable. It, like like traction becomes the asshole. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're not the jerk, traction's the jerk. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I and I think I like that about. But but to me, traction becomes a unified joint you know, plan, if you will. Could you explain, first of all, what Traction is for those that don't yeah. know, and then how you've kind of applied that into, you our know, technology? when you, yeah.
1: Sure, yeah, so in our Magna360 story, at the time when I was VP of sales and marketing, but really building a sales organization, we were a broad web services firm. So we had said yes to everything customers needed from us because we didn't know better. We were all in our 20s just building a business and chasing whatever revenue we felt we could do, right? And so we had basically built a team of 35 people doing 35 unique jobs, and we couldn't scale it, and we were hitting our heads on the wall going, how do we grow, how do we grow? And at the time, our CEO had heard from um, this guy who was the first EOS implementer in this market. So this was maybe circa 2007 What does or EOS so. stand for? Just... The Entrepreneurial Operating System. So I'll share my story there and I wanna point out authentic brands not affiliated with EOS worldwide, the entrepreneurial operating system or their book Traction in any way, we're not affiliated. But I grew up in an organization whose success story was rooted and founded in the fact that we made a pivot when we implemented EOS in our business to get that clarity, accountability, and alignment. And so through implementing EOS at magnet 360 at the time our company was called Reside. If any of you are as old as me, you might remember that name. We were Reside, a web development company. But when we made the pivot, we had to make a decision when we finally started working with a consultant who helped us articulate our business vision in an EOS tool called the VTO Vision Traction Organizer two-page business plan. We had never had a business plan. We were just out selling. And it shouldn't surprise me now in working with small businesses how many of them have succeeded really despite themselves. Many great high potential businesses have never put pen to paper to create a plan for the business, for the sales goals, for the marketing. So anyway, back in those days we put paper to pen, Um, and we made a plan, and we pivoted the business from broad web services over to one little fraction of the business that we were starting to build in salesforce.com consulting, and we just went all in on that. We said, this is the growth, and this is what we're going to be, And inside of that very competitive ecosystem, we further defined what our niche would be around marketing solutions when nobody else was going there in the Salesforce world. And that was really the hockey stick for us. And that was what fueled our growth and additional investors coming to us and eventually being positioned for a global acquisition because we had such extreme focus. So fast forward, after Magnet, I went on to a couple different roles out in the bay, and worked for large enterprise and mid-sized enterprise that were not running on traction, but I still used those same principles of a documented plan, a quarterly cadence for 90-day sprint in the marketing department, and accountability and focus and clarity. Right? I used it, and it worked because really simple tools, done with um, commitment, they work. Right? What gets documented gets done, and so ultimately. I'm a huge believer in methods like EOS because simple tools help small businesses get focused for growth and keep everybody literally on the same page and accountable to one another with clarity on what does success look like and how will we know when we get there. And so at Authentic Brand, as I was navigating these two challenges I wanted to solve in the world, small businesses getting to next level growth with good senior marketing leadership and great senior marketers doing their best, most meaningful work of their lives with small businesses, I also wanted to underpin it with a framework that was predictable for how would we deliver those services so that our marketing was not like anybody else's marketing. Our marketing wasn't just fuzzy, creative, you know, intangibles and consulting, but something with a framework. And so we developed what we call marketing traction, which leverages some of the same best principles as EOS and other business operating platforms together with brand sprint methodology and messaging strategy so that we have a formula for how we approach our client engagements that drives accountability, alignment, and focus. Because ultimately the job of a marketer at a senior level is to make sure that we help businesses obliterate random acts of marketing, so that marketing can be sales aligned and revenue driving. And that takes time and focus, and it takes a process. That's what we do.
0: Let's put our hands together for that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't considered a co-host yet, but I don't know. would be in the running. Um, that was brilliant. So we have. So thank you for that. And I'm going to ask now a little. I'm going to. So, you said something like, we have to define what success is and then how do we get there. I think that's great. Now, you said in both, so now we've talked about the enterprise and and working for, now you're working for self, or your team, I should say, you're working for your team. Um, Can we talk about process? So Something here that we want is we want to offer people tangible things that they can take Mm -hmm. away and then apply to their sales efforts today. Yeah. Right? If that sounds like a commercial, it's because it's on our commercial. I want to hear kind of, maybe we could start as a founder because okay. what I'm assuming is, you know, like consulting. Have you ever heard the consulting thing where they say, the reason why my, my hours are here, right? You're not paying for now. You're paying for all those, you know, that time that you got to, to, yes. to acquire that knowledge. Could you kind of compress that knowledge you learned from Magnet and these other places and say, all right, I have a process, I'm assuming, I have a process that works and it works so well that I'm going to go on my own mm. and I'm going to leverage that process mm-hmm. and I'm going to build... A machine nationally branded like you said can you kind of walk us through what that process looks like
1: yes and i would love to tell all of you that this was such a like well thought out documented business plan before i started like just follow my lead on this but that's not exactly how it went but we got there we did get there So I had always intended and wanted and and desired to build a business of my own. I had the amazing, what I call like second row seat to entrepreneurship at Magnet because I was the first employee with two founders. I wasn't an owner, but I was a founder and I got to see the cycles of growth and learn from what worked well for them and what didn't in terms of like owner partnership, investor relationships, all of those things. So I feel like I came out with like a high-level playbook on how to grow a business and maybe how not to do the same things we did in our 20s because we didn't know better. So that I felt like I had. But starting a business is like so scary and, and like having a baby, there's no ideal time to do it. Like the stars just don't align, they don't. And so I always had nurtured the seed of entrepreneurship, but like what do I do with it? I'm not like naturally a risk taker and I don't have a rich daddy who's going to back me up. I have none of that. <laughs> um, And I'm adulting, like, super hard. I've got three kids at home who are, like, 10, 14, 16, and two hockey players. I mean, all the things, right? Um, So um, God (laughs) blessed me with a layoff. So that's really how my business started. The last job...
0: All right. (laughs)
1: Yes. Thank you, Lord. Um, The last job I had um, for a Bay Area consultancy, you know, I was like, I'm going to give this two and a half years, and I'm going to gut out all the travel, because we were still living here in the Twin Cities, raising a family. My husband actually stayed home full-time for a year and a half so that I could do all this. Um, which was a real gift. But like, the company I joined had brought on new investors. There were pressures in the business. I'm like, you know, I can stick this out for two and a half years, maybe save enough money to start a business like, the right way. Um, but instead, all the EVP roles got cut, and here I was with three months of severance and, and a decision to make do I go get a good job or do I finally start a business? And I couldn't escape that I needed to start a business, but I didn't know what it would be. I really didn't. So I went up to my cabin, and I started drawing Venn diagrams, like how does my world overlap to create a business? What would it be? What problems would I solve? And the first question I had to answer for myself was, do I want to be an independent consultant, or do I want to start a business that employs other people and has more infrastructure? And I knew that I wanted to start a business. So from there, I had to give myself a roadmap, and I had to put timelines in place for when I would fire myself as a consultant so that I could build a team. So that's been the journey I've been on. So it took 18 months. The first 18 months of my business was I was the consultant, I was the billable resource, and I was also prototyping a methodology in the background to figure out how, I didn't even know fractional CMO was a term. I didn't have the words to describe what it was that we were going to do. I just knew the problems we wanted to solve. And along the way, I met consultants who were fractional CFOs, fractional HR advisors. I'm like, that's the word. That's, that's what it is. And now I need to define the process. So that's what we did for 18 months. And we officially launched our fractional CMO practice a year ago in August. And now we have 16 fractional CMOs. And we're growing with a lot of purpose and intent from there. So did that answer your question?
0: Probably. Um- <laughs> and I was just zoned out because I was just like int- like your your detail the, the how you share detail is it's a gift like it's really cool to so when we did we did fractional uh sale uh v p s sales type stuff for a handful of years at b b g and it was funny we used outsource what was it it was like we do outsource sales growth or whatever and people were like i just i can't comprehend i don't get it. We used the word fractional Everyone's it's like I totally understand now it was such a weird deal. <laughs> Um, you have had a lot of success, and something that we want to celebrate on this show and acknowledge and, and cheer together is not a lot of people can do what you've done, right? Some people can, but not everybody has your, what it, you know, to do what you do. How many people have ever failed? I see some hands staying down. Congratulations. You're a liar. Um, I would love to hear about maybe that failure. Maybe if there's a marquee failure that you've had that you're like, woof, and uh, how you overcame it, you know, kind of what you learned from it, how you overcame and turned it into an accomplishment.
1: You should have prepped me for this one so I could dig real deep. I
0: did that on purpose.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, well, first let me say, like this kind of environment, like this kind of moment always leaves me feeling like Sally Fields, like, oh my gosh, they like us and they like what we're doing and ah, but like, people tell me, oh, you're successful. I hear that now, probably more in the last few months than I ever have. And it, it leaves me wondering, like, what is success supposed to mean? Like, what the heck is success? Because I certainly don't feel like I've arrived. Like, we are still a two and a half year old business that is working very hard to just make sure that we're legitimate and that we can exist. And I'm aware every single morning when I wake up, they're like, this could all go away. You know, like, keep me humble, God, because like, I have not arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what success is supposed to be. Um, and it's not, a, there's no like number or achievement that I think that I'm trying to get authentic brand to reach or myself to reach that would be like, we've now arrived. I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, but I do have an inner drive. And I finally got to the point in my life with this layoff Um, where I recognize, like, I cannot fight against this. Like, I've just got to give into it because I'm not willing to live with regrets, right? Like, life is just moving too fast, and my kids are preparing to launch into the world, and, like, if I don't do this now, when am I ever going to do it? So I'm not willing to live with regrets. So, I mean, failure, oh, my gosh. You know, like, (laughs) categorically? (laughs) You know, I was born very type A, very, you know, like, if I'm not getting straight A's, I'm super stressed out in school. Everything's got to be under my control. Let me tell you, like... Life has ruined me in the most beautiful way. Like, my husband and I celebrated 22 years of marriage this summer. We got married when I was... Yes! yes. (laughs) Um, We got married when I was a month past 20 years old. And, like, we didn't know better either. Like, we just... All these things you don't know going in, right? Like, I mean, how many times has our marriage almost failed? Because marriage will break a person down, right? But then you get back in and you redefine your partnership and you get back up. Then we had three kids. And like every single day, as a mother who's working full time with a husband who works full time and trying to find that balance, like every day I fight the idea that I'm completely failing something, right? And then you know that layoff was the first time I ever lost a job, and even though there were economics behind it, it definitely felt super personal. Like, oh my gosh, now what? Like, you know? So I mean, every single day I feel like, if I'm honest, I'm half-assing everything, (laughs) or like a quarter-assing everything. I mean, just I mean, categorically speaking, but. You got to be like nobody's going to get it perfect. We're not going to get anything perfect. We're not going to get the marketing we do for our clients perfect. We actually wrote it into our values that like we don't always get it right, but we're always going to make it right to the best of our ability, right? So every day is a is a balancing like failure with complete utter success and conquest, right? I don't know.
0: That's amazing. And I didn't prep you because to me that's the that's my favorite question in every episode ever because we all have failed, and no one, that's, so it's a loaded question, nobody has that one failure. Maybe, maybe we do. We have that one thing, we're like, oh, if I could get that back. But every day is a challenge, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe some people right now are like, ugh, i got to go back to work, and this deal that i got to deal with is stressing me out, like everyone, right? Um, so to hear that from somebody in your position, it's really refreshing. And it's good, so thanks for sharing. Um, I don't know how much time we have left, so I'm going <sighs> to... I have like 17 questions I want to ask you. Um, there are founders here, there are salespeople here, and there are marketing people here. Okay, you have worked in enterprise, you've worked in startups, you've now launched your own brand. If you were sitting out there in any of those roles, because you've covered all three, so we got five minutes, so we can really go deep on this one. What is some tangible advice that you would give yourself if you were in any of those roles out there?
1: All right, so I got to like put my hat on for each of these roles. All is right. That okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, Okay. Let me start with the marketers in the room. Let me put my marketing hat on. Um, The best tangible advice I could give to marketers comes back to the concept we started on in terms of like the shift in the world and the necessity for marketing to work closely with sales and to understand the full customer journey. And I encourage marketers all the time, like get out from behind your screens, get out from behind your desk, get out in the field with your sales compadres, because you are going to see and hear things, and you're going to meet real human beings that are your customers, and it's going to change the way you think about the work that you do in only the best way. You've got to leave the office, um, and, and you've got to go seek that opportunity out. Um, it's going to make you the most valuable marketer in your organization. Um, for sellers, <laughs> the advice that I would give if you have marketing counterparts in your organization is like, Know that they really do have your best interest at heart. Like they really are trying to help you. They too are on the hook for revenue results. Like your success equals their success. When you win and earn commission on your deal, they don't get dinged on theirs, right? Like I mean, their their livelihood depends on your success. And so, even though some of what you might see come out from marketing might not make sense, or you think it doesn't necessarily fit what the customer really needs, like know that give them the benefit of the doubt and come back to them proactively with that feedback frequently, um, ask how you can help them. Um, the sellers I've worked with who have made themselves available to me as a partner in a sounding board, are, the squeaky wheel gets all the marketing oil. Like I will make sure that you have what you need and everybody else can borrow from that because I want to help you because you're trying to help me. Um, for the founders in the room, um, I don't know about you, but like I have had to get comfortable with fear as my constant companion and like just saying i'm going to choose to be brave anyway every single day and i'm going to wake up every day with open hands, open heart, open mind and trust that like the right connections are going to come my way today, the right knowledge because every day that i'm doing this is a day i'm doing something i've never done before. Like the right knowledge is going to come, the right resources are going to come, and i got to trust that and i got to release my grip on like control. Again, i'm grateful for my marriage and my children who've already taught me that <laughs> in so many ways, but like the more i let go of control and the more that I just open my hands and heart to like all the good that can come, the more that it does. It's just like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So trust, you know, like don't make friends with fear, but acknowledge it's there and just go forward anyway. Just keep going and ask for help, like stay humble. And it sounds cliche, but that's what has worked for me.
0: That's amazing. And I'm going to squeeze one more in I'm don't get mad now. (laughs) Does anyone think that sales is hard sometimes? Right? (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Anybody, any founders think of quitting ever? Yeah, all of us, right? So my last question, and I didn't prep you this this one either, so forgive me. Um, What is the fuel? What is, like, every day you just saw those hands come up. You've been in all three roles, which arguably the hardest. Those are three of the hardest jobs ever created by humankind, right? Um how wh- where do you find like every day what is your kind of mantra how do you how do you wake up and get yourself psyched how do you do that what do you read what do you listen to what do you what do you do and then how do you pass that on to your team Ah
1: yeah. uh, all right so um now as a founder of a early stage business my job is primarily sales again and biz dev which frankly I love more than I love marketing. I'm a decent marketer, and I, I became a marketer out of the necessity because I wanted the balance in my life to be a good mom, too, or at least, you know, more than half asset. and which was hard to do when I was leading a whole sales organization, frankly, with, you know, full-time working, two parents. So, um, but coming back to the question, like, how do I keep the energy and the focus and the drive? Well, first of all, like, faith is huge in my life, and so I actually, you know, really start with just, like, asking God what are his plans for me and how do I live up to that, you know, and how do I bring my best to the world to um, to do good in the world. And I, I pray that my business can be a platform for that good, you yeah. know, and that it continues to reach more lives and benefit more families and feed more families and do all of that. Um, I don't listen to a lot. I don't try to take in too much information because, honestly, then it just clutters my mind. Yeah. Um, I rely on a really... A, pretty small circle of trusted advisors who are Mm -hmm. further down the road than me, whose brains I can pick and who I really trust that they have my best intentions in mind. Um, And then I also remind myself, like, for real, what's the worst thing that can happen if I fail and this business fails? Like, what's the worst case scenario? My ego gets bruised. Okay, that's fine. Um, I pick, you know, my talented team members are going to find great work elsewhere if that happens. I hope it never does. I'm working hard to make sure it never does. But like, I'll dust myself off and go get a job, right? Like keeping it in perspective, like the things that matter in this life, it is not, again, like authentic brand. Like I love this business. We're growing because we're doing great work for great clients and I'm surrounded by people I actually love every single day. Like that feeds my soul. So as long as we all keep showing up, rowing the boat, like, I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? I actually think we're just gonna keep growing and maybe someday I'll feel like that, like success word has happened. Like, oh, wow, here we are. Uh,
0: who's feeling inspired? <laughs> Give it up for Jennifer Zick. Thank you. All right, so what do we think? Would you learn? Well, if you like that, check out coffeeclosers.com for upcoming episodes, recordings, and more. And don't forget to check out our sponsors. Each one has been hand selected, they are best in class. Until next time, we'll see you at the next Coffee and Closers. Cheers. Say live, come on, live. Live a life we love, gotta live,
1: I said live, live a life we love.